With the majority of the class of 2022, we're going to look at what Boston College positional group improved with the freshmen that are coming in. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. Happy Friday, everyone. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I am editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Check out my work there. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. On today's show, as I said, we're going to talk about uh, a position group that I think Boston College improved the most in this recruiting class. And I'm going to talk about quarterbacks, and I'm going to also give you a brief preview of basketball, if it happens this weekend, for Boston College. So we've been talking recruiting all week. We did a preview. We did the show, the actual uh, recap, along with Jeff Halfley's comments. And I wanted to talk about what positional group I think Boston College improved at most, and that is the defensive end position. And you could say, and I mean, I, I could look at multiple defend, defensive groups and say, hey, they improved there a lot. But the defensive end position, to me, is what I think Boston College improved the most. Now, Jeff Halfley said in the, uh, his press conference on Wednesday that Boston College has, re- has landed, he said, 11 or 12 freshman defensive ends or defensive linemen in the last two years. That is adding depth. And he said, you know, we're going after guys that can go after the quarterback. And as Halfley said, he said, I'm a defensive guy. I think it starts up front. You can never have enough defensive linemen, and we need those edge rushers. And so the first one you want to look at is Clive Wilson. Now, when you're looking, if you're just like a stat head and you're looking at uh, 247 arrivals, or as I said the other day, when I when he came up, when Boston College landed him, I was like, who is this guy? He had no online presence. He wasn't really well regarded on 247 or Rivals. But when I talked to some people at BC back in the time, they called him a steal. They were so pumped about Clive Wilson because they landed him at a camp at Ohio State or in Ohio. I forget which one it was. He, his workout there was so impressive that Boston College offered him right out of the bat, off the bat. I think he's probably one or two only camp uh, re- recruits in this in this class. Jeff Halfley did not go after camp guys this year. They didn't have a camp at Boston College. That used to be Steve Adazio's bread and butter. Like, you'd have a camp and you'd find the guys that fit in. Jeff Halfley didn't even bother with that. Uh, he went he went to one or two other camps uh, during the summer or sent staff there, and then you ended up with Clive Wilson. And he said, we saw Clive Wilson in the camp. I mean, this guy can rush. He can bend. He can jump. He can dunk. We got guys like Edward Kalangi. Just, we feel so good with Gilbert Turangrangu. We got Quan Williams. We got guys that can really, really rush the quarterback. Now, I'm not speaking to the choir here when I tell you, when I look at Boston College's front set four, they need to get better at rushing the quarterback. You know, they were able to get at the quarterback at times. Marcus Valdez, I always said he has like flashes. Like he's always, he's always like the best pass rusher on the team, but I wouldn't consider him an elite pass rusher. He's not like Harold Landry. He's not like Zach Allen. He's a good one. He's like a good number two, I think. I like like if you had like Harold Landry and Marcus Valdez, Valdez would be great because 
you know, he could do some things. But Boston College needs someone to go with Valdez because that other spot for next year, that uh, defensive end number two, is empty because you had Brandon Barlow, Yashida Salah. I I mean, I don't like to rip on kids because they're college kids, but I have not seen it out of him completely. Now, he was hurt, but how many years of Shida Salah have we watched where he hasn't been able to consistently do it through the year. He made a few plays, you know, back in 2020. I know he had that big game-ending interception, but he's not consistent. Boston College needs to figure out who they're going to put there, and they're going to run out of time with Valdez, and Salah's coming up soon. So who are you going to put in? Is it going to be Donovan Azaraku? Is it going to be Nito Ekpala? Or is it going to be some of these freshmen, as you said, Clive Wilson or um, Gilbert Tongrongu? Edwin Kalangi, who are you going to put up to the up front to support that pass rush? Because it is so critical for a effective defense to be able to rush the passer. And it's something Boston College has not been able to do. So now Boston College has a arsenal of kids. And, you know, they're all younger recruits. Obviously, we have a 2020 class and a 2021 class. It's up to Halfley. You know, he found Azaraku last year, but I mean, if you watched him, Azaraku was a smaller dude. I'm sure they're going to want to have him beef up a little bit for to become a defensive end. He look he looked like a safety out there at times. He's fast, but he's also undersized. And I think you're going to see a lot of that out of these defensive ends. You need the younger guys to build up, and that's part of like the weight training program when you get on campus. You you come in high school built. You need to get to college built. And that takes some time. So hopefully the kids from 2020 and 2021 will get continue to build up a little bit. And then these newer kids will continue to build up after him. And that's what Halfley's preaching when he's talking about development. But, but you know, you get blue chips. Those are the guys that come in right away and, and can compete. Like Travis Hunter, the, the running back that's going to, to Jackson State, the number one recruit, he's got to be ready day one. You see the quarterbacks too, right? You see guys like Clay, K, Kate Klubnick who went to Clemson. If DJ Uyagale fails at Clemson, Kate will be in there day one. He is a blue chipper. He's the number one quarterback in the country. Those guys are groomed and ready to roll right off the bat. Boston College, they got some guys that can. Uh, you know, Rick's Halla, the safety, he could come in. We saw it with C.J. Burton. He was ready to go in. Jaden Williams, you know, he had his moments where he struggled, but he was ready to go in. I don't know if it's if there's guys on the defensive end yet. You know, that's up to Halfley to, to to develop those guys and to see if they're ready come early next year. Now, some of these guys will be coming early. We'll find out those names as soon as possible uh, when we get to spring practice. But that's usually a good sign that some of them might be ready to play. I know Donovan Azaraku, I believe, was there early last year. And look at him. He, he was a regular contributor at defensive end all season long. Now, what one of these other guys, will Clive Wilson, uh, Gilbert Tongrangu, Quan Williams, will these guys come in early? We'll have to wait and see. And could there be another name that comes up? Remember, Jeff Halfley talked extensively about the uh, that this this class is not done yet, that they're still going after other names. So we'll see if maybe there's another defensive end. Maybe there's a higher four four star defensive end that I'm not even we're not even aware of yet. Or I know it he doesn't want to preach it, but maybe there's a transfer that they're gonna go for at defensive end as well. I I personally I think guys like Azaraku as a regular contributor probably another year away. I would love for BC to get a a solid edge defender in that transfer portal. I think, you know, he says he only wants a few here and there. I think defensive end is one they get a hit this season. I think it's got to be. And so that could be an answer that they go for as well in the transfer portal. Now, in a moment, I'm going to talk about Boston College's quarterback position and look at where their depth goes and how 
their situation kind of explains what the quarterback position looks like across the country. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're relying on spreadsheets and out-of-date uh, date financial software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow your business all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. For 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite and right now. Through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Again, head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that is netsuite.com slash NCAA. It's football season, folks. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the season marches to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 21 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. If this is if you've been following along all week to our uh, National Signing Day coverage, I want to thank you. And if you had hit that subscribe button, I'm going to give you a double pat on the back for doing that. That means a lot for to me that you have chosen Locked On Boston College to be your first listen, to be there, to give you all the news that you need to stay informed on BC Sports. Now, I wanted to address... A theme of something that's come up in regular, just like college football in general, but I think it's indicative of something that we saw this year at Boston College, and that is the quarterback depth issue. Now, I don't need to tell Boston College fans this. We saw what happened this year. We went into this year. I made my bold prediction that Boston College was going to win nine games with the thought that Phil Dracovic would be able to stay healthy. He did not. In the game, in game number two, he goes down with a hand injury. He's lost for eight games. He comes back. He's clearly not 100%. He guts it through two wins, but looks terrible in two losses. I'm being a little rough here. He looks bad in one loss, looks kind of up and down in another, but still not the same Phil Dracovic that we're expecting. So Boston College goes six and six. And what do we hear all through this this period? I know people were... Re- it was hard football to watch. I mean, Dennis Grossell, he struggled. He couldn't throw a deep ball. He was, in- he was inconsistent. I mean, he had that dropped snap against Clemson to lose it. He couldn't move the ball against teams like Syracuse and Louisville. Games that BC was in for most of it until they just kind of fell apart because the offense just couldn't stay on the field. But while we're watching all this, the narrative amongst the fan base was basically this. Why doesn't Boston College now have someone behind Phil Dracovic? Why isn't there someone better behind Phil Dracovic? That's a failure on Jeff Halfley. Why hasn't Jeff Halfley have someone behind Phil Dracovic? And as I said during the time, and I repeated multiple times, you know, Dracovic was a transfer that they brought in to deal with a 
I mean, obviously he's a top-of-the-line quarterback, so you get him. But there was a real issue after Anthony Brown transferred out. They didn't have anybody. They were going to either have to go with Dennis Grossell or one of the other guys that was there at this time, like Matt Valachi, Sam Johnson. You know, they had all those other quarterbacks that ended up at different spots. So they got the top-of-the-line guy and, you know, slotted in Grossell after that. Now, you look at what's going on in the rest of the uh, – at the – in the rest of the world, in the rest of the college football world, you get a better sense of where quarterback depth charts kind of get hit a snag, right? So every school, they usually all have their top guy, whether that's Sam Hartman, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, you know, at um, Alabama, it's Bryce Young. But then you have other schools, schools like Florida, USC, that had quarterback controversies where you had Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones battling it out at, at Florida or Keaton Slovis and Jack's dart at, at USC. And then you get, so you got talent, you have two talented guys at both schools, you know, depend on what you think of the guys at Florida, but you know, the guys at USC, both are talented quarterbacks, right? What ends up happening at both schools at the end of the year? Emory Jones enters the transfer portal. Keaton Slovis enters the transfer portal. Now, you have one good quarterback and then a bunch of question marks. It is so hard to keep two good quarterbacks in your your system. What you have to hope for is what Boston College hopefully will have next year, which is you have Phil Jakovic and Emmett Moorhead. Emmett Moorhead will have, you know, this will be his second year in the system. Hopefully he continues to grow. We saw him. He had a few good throws, but man, he looked raw. He's going to need a little bit more time to, to develop. You would prefer not to see him at all next year. Maybe a few here and there in blowout games, but, you know, that's what you have. For the folks that are saying, oh, well, AJ, you know, there's tons of quarterbacks in the transfer portal. There are, but none of them are going to come to Boston College. I'm telling you right now, and it's not because it's Boston College. It's because Boston College has their quarterback situation set. And the reason these quarterbacks almost exclusively entered the transfer portal is because they wanted to get starting minutes. They want to be able to get those snaps. They want to be able to get those downs. And coming to a school where the starter is established, and Jeff Halfley can preach all he wants, it's going to be an open competition, but you, me, and the hole in the wall, we all know it's going to be Phil Jakovic no matter what next year. They're not going to come here. So you're going to be stuck with bringing in someone just like Dennis Grossell all over again, or you go with the guys that you develop. And that's what Jeff Halfley has to build. You have to give it some time because we all know what Steve Adazio did with quarterbacks. He had Anthony Brown through, and you know, Tyler Murphy, who was a glorified running back and a whole, like the guys that he brought in a whole bunch of, of misses, whether it was Matt Valachi, Darius Wade, Sam Johnson, who I know many of you are like, Oh, he's a four-star. He's in D2 school now. And he didn't even play this year. Um, you have all these other quarterbacks. Um, sorry, uh, Matt, McDonald, who he was up and down with Bowling Green, so you had to you had to fix that. And Jeff Halfley's doing that. He brought in Peter Delaportis this year. He brought in Emmett Moorhead last year. He brought Matt Reeve the year before. So he's building the depth of guys that hopefully in his system will be able to develop higher than what Grossell was able to give you. But there's no way you're going to be able to do better than that in the transfer portal. I'm just telling you right now. If your hope is that they're going to go to the transfer portal and get somebody that's like, oh, if, if Phil Dracovic goes down, this guy's going to be good too. It's not going to happen. It's a pipe dream. 
And you need to be realistic about what this this is because these kids are not going to come to Boston College to sit behind Phil Dracovic. And if they are, they're not going to be anywhere near as talented as what you're hoping for. So that's just that's just a reality check because I've seen some people saying it when we're talking about the transfer portal and like Jeff Halfley and like there's only a few positions he's going to address. I, I, I mean, unless he's bringing in a really low-down depth guy, I just don't see another quarterback coming in next year. And it's going to be Moorhead. It's going to be... Phil Dracovic, and then probably Dalen Menard at third if he stays on the team. I mean, he hasn't announced anything, but wouldn't be surprised if he entered the portal too. But, I mean, not that I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth. I'm just saying, you know, maybe he wants another opportunity too because it seems like everyone in the, in the portal right now is looking for other schools. In our final segment, I'm going to talk about the state of college basketball and look at Boston College's weekend matchup and how some of the things going around in the world could mean some bad news for Boston College basketball this weekend, but we'll have to cross our fingers. Now, if you know me, you know I am a absolute die-hard Built Bar fan. Every day during work, I have one around 2.30. It gives me the protein I need. You know why? Because it's the best of both worlds. It, it's delicious and healthy. It's it's decadent like a candy bar. It's covered in chocolate, but low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. And the other reason I like it, it's you could have a different one every day because there's so many different flavors, and all of them are delicious. Whether you like the cherry, double chocolate, mint brownie, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie, and they always have specialty flavors. New ones that are trying out that are just so good. And speaking of the new ones that are out, the marshmallowy treats of their Built Bar Puffs are are delightful. They are so good too. I, I like these almost as, like even more than the Built Bars. They're all so good. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through with different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good you won't believe that they're filled with protein. And when you head on over to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. This is Locked On Boston College. Thank you all for listening. If you like my podcast, you need to check out Locked On ACC as well. I'm a co-host with the great Candace Cooper. It's a five-show-a-week podcast that talks everything ACC. I'm on there on Wednesdays with Candace. We talk football every week because that's my bread and butter. But she, you can catch up on basketball, recruiting, coaching news. She has it all. And she's joined by all the other great ACC hosts on the Locked On Network. Make sure to check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Boston College men's basketball is off until next Wednesday when they face off against Wake Forest. So this is going to be a quiet weekend for Boston College sports. Football's off. Hockey's off. But, you know, hockey and basketball, they are both uh, in finals week, so there won't be any games for either of those teams. Now, hopefully things slow down, but it's crazy right now. I was just looking. It feels like February of 2020 all over again because I was just looking at all the schools that are already postponing games. There was like seven or eight teams where there were so many positives on the team that they had to pause um, a game or cancel a game. So cross your finger. I know Boston College – they have the, the vaccination policy, so hopefully everyone is vaccinated and, and ready to play. And I don't know what Wake Forest's deal is, but that is something worth watching because there's some teams that are out there and they're not having games because of this, this you know, the Omicron virus and uh, just the huge spike in cases again. It just seems like it, got, it went right back up. So hopefully by Wednesday, hopefully things kind of settled back down again and we can get some basketball in. But that's going to be a heck of a game. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, 
Wake Forest is really good. Steve Forbes, their head coach, has done an amazing job of making the Wake Forest Demon Deacons 10-1 and this year. Uh, and they look like one of the best teams in the ACC. And that's crazy because I they haven't really been all that relevant in a while. Um, so Forbes, who came from Middle Tennessee State, their new head coach uh, two years ago, um, really has turned that program around. They got some really good talent there, too. And we'll talk all about that on Wednesday. Now, just whipping around news from around the country in terms of Boston College sports. Let's talk a little hockey here, and it's not actually about the product on the field. You know, Nash, uh, name, image, and likeness um, deals started over the summer, and that allows players basically to make deals with different companies to make money. We saw this pop up quite a bit with Bryce Young from Alabama. I mean, he was a millionaire before he even stepped on Alabama's campus, and you're seeing that with Quinn Ewers, the quarterback who went to Columbus so he could get paid, then went back to Texas, and now he's going to get paid even more. Now, Boston College Hockey... Jack St. Avani, and I hope I get his name right, who was a transfer forward from Yale, his second year with BC, um, actually got probably one of the biggest or most noticeable NIL deals I've seen from Boston College. He was named um, one of the uh, figureheads or, or um, spokespersons for Brady, the Tom Brady uh, collection, which is going to be like a clothing line, apparel wear, and all sorts of stuff. So there's nine players. There's like George Pickens from from uh, Georgia. There's a couple other players from the NFL. I mean, uh, any, um, sorry, from college football. And then um, Henry Davis, who was the uh, first baseman outfielder for Louisville last year. And then uh, St. Avani was on there as well. So I imagine it's a pretty nice lucrative di- little deal right here for um, for this hockey player. And obviously this is one you just didn't expect to happen. So very cool. And um, I don't know what Brady's going to be selling, if it's going to be, you know, uh, formal wear or whatever, you know, like, you know, men's attire that looks real nice. I'm sure that's probably going to be it. <laughs> Maybe avocado uh, ice cream. <laughs> but you're going to see more and more of this pop up, and it's all beneficial for Boston College when those players that come to our school, to come to the Eagles, get into those types of deals because you're going to see them all over the place. You see them like, you know, with like ch- fried chicken places down south. You see them with car dealerships. I mean, we saw car dealerships with Brevin Galloway too, but this is another big one. So the more and more these things happen, the better Boston College looks in, in the grand scheme of things. And then heading back to football again, um, just just to keep an eye on Boston College football's roster uh, heading into the bowl game, Brandon Sebastian is going to play in the East-West Shrine game. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to play in the actual bowl game itself. Not not the, the Shrine Bowl, the military bowl, but he's going to play at the Shrine Bowl, which means he's not coming back. Um, I looked at his numbers. I swore he had one more year of eligibility remaining. Um, and so it's surprising. But, he, I mean, he's been at BC forever, it feels like. So uh, good luck to Brandon Sebastian. Um, the Shrine Bowl also has Alec Lindstrom playing there. So there will be two Eagles at this game. It sounds like they're trying to get their profile up. And Sebastian will be an interesting one to watch. And also, when it ta- comes to roster, Jeff Halfley had an interesting comment and Trey Barry talked about it on uh, Wednesday, uh, Thursday's press conference for the Military Bowl. And they were talking about Trey Barry coming back next year. Now, this floored me because I looked, I swear, I looked at his statistics and I was like, oh, no matter how they fudge it, there's no way he's coming back. Because he had four, I think five years at... Um, Jacksonville State before he came to Boston College. Then he gets that extra year because of COVID. I'm like, oh, that wraps it all up. But Jeff Halfley said and Trey Barry said they're both looking into coming back next year. Now, that would be absolutely huge for Boston College because as I've said over the last week, 
tight end is a position that they still have some some needs for for another year. Now, Matt Reagan and Jeremiah Franklin, who they just got in the class of 2022, will be good. I'd love to see them, you know, you know, get the college body, get used to the system, give them a year to get ready. Man, getting Trey Berry back. If you had an offense next year already with Jalen Gill, Phil Dracovic, Zay Flowers, Trey Berry, Jaden Williams, you are looking at a very good offense already without any of the other guys coming back, like C.J. Lewis, your running backs. I mean, you got Pat Garwell coming back. I can't, I can't stop forgetting him because he's so good. Um, so, Trey, that's, that is enormous news. And so we still have to see if they accept it. I don't know. Like, from what it looks like to me, the way they might be able to get around it is maybe start to, like, preach that, like, you know, there was that five, he had a five-game season that was shortened by injury, which is, like, one game off from what they usually allow. Maybe they can, uh, you know, there's there's ways that they can get around that. So cross your fingers, because if Trey Berry comes back, that is enormous positive news for Boston College football. We'll have to wait to see where that happens. We don't even know if Zay's coming back yet. So there's a lot of news that we're going to have to wait to see where the Eagles land. This is AJ Black. We'll be back on Monday. There's no sports this weekend. There's, um, I think there's a women's basketball game. But other than that, it's going to be a quiet one. So enjoy your holiday season with your family. Check out BC Bulletin if you have not checked out our recruiting coverage. And uh, listen to all our past podcasts. If you have not checked out some of the ones from this week or the last, previous week, I hope you enjoy it. Next week, we're going to talk ECU, um, and I, I'm going to have um, the Boneyard podcast crossover with us to talk about ECU football. I'll be on their show. They'll be on mine. We'll also have Mitch Wolf on to talk about the game and his preview of that. We'll do some Christmas fun. Um, we'll have some Christmas discussions in there, too, getting the holiday spirit here on Locked On Boston College, so I hope you enjoy that. Make sure to check me out on Twitter, at AJBlack underscore BC. And if you have not done so already, hit that YouTube subscribe button. I saw three or four of you guys yesterday alone at us. I love every one of you. Thank you so much. We'll be back again tomorrow, and we'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.